You're listening to the Middle Age Gamers from Dimension X. Season two, episode one. We're back after a week hiatus. <laughs> one week hiatus. Yeah, I am a GI Gamer nineteen eighty one. You can follow me on Facebook and Instagram. And this sexy uh, author over here, graphic artist, designer, uh, makes all kinds of amazing things for premium edition games. Uh, Trisha Nabara, and he has a sweet mustache. I hope it goes out to that biker one that we we had a picture of last week. <laughs> oh man, that that thing that's what I'm like uh striving for right there. Uh, I need a leather sand. hat though. For sure. If it gets a lot that of growth, leather apparently. If you if it gets that growth, I'm buying it for it. It's a Harley Davidson shop right down the street. If it gets that growth, I'm getting some assless chaps. Yes. Go to Ben's game zone and be like, I really like this game. <laughs> Do you have any games that are <laughs> that are uh good for leather work. <laughs> Can I hold this in my cheeks while I keep looking? Gross. <laughs> <laughs> Why does it smell like pineapple pizza? What's going on here? <laughs> Sir, you're leaving grease all over the the floor. Why is there so much hair on this game? What is going on here? <laughs> Oh What's up, everybody? Uh, what do you got going on this week, sir? Oh, man. Um, let's see. Well, you know, since the Kickstarter uh, wrapped up, uh, I don't have the total number. It, it was like over... It was almost $17,000 raised, which is awesome. Um, we're going to be Killed able to it. buy a lot of books with that, so uh, I'm pretty excited. Now, it comes down to, uh, you know, i got to finish the book, so... Uh, that's kind of what I was doing uh, the last few days. Uh, I was working on the Nintendo DS library, actually, specifically. And this thing right here, um, if you, you know, like Google search a Nintendo DS US release library, you're not going to find much. What you will find is a whole bunch of conflicting information. So... When it comes to uh, my book, you know, and, and like, I, I don't take any one source anyway, so, like, uh, I had to combine and verify and do this all, all this other stuff, and it took me four days, but now I have a complete list of every single U.S. Nintendo DS game that I can use for my book back, back in the index and uh, start compiling all of the, the images as well. Did you talk to Captain Varian at all? Just in case, like, no, I don't do variants. Mm, okay. Mm, mm, mm. okay, no so variants. You're taking the V out of this book. No, no. Well, I, yeah, not nice. I say no variants, but there are some cases where I do variants. Okay, where I feel like it. So, what's after DS that you have to do next? Oh gosh, where's my list? Hold on, I've got it right here. <laughs> Um, let's see, DS, I have to finish up 3DS, Game Boy Advance, Wii, 360, PS2, I mean, there's like a handful, uh, it's gonna take me some time, 
Wii is pretty big, and so is PS2. I can't even imagine. PS2 is PS2. huge. PS2 is is not actually like the the one that I just knocked out. The DS is the biggest library that I had left. Um, it comes in at uh, seventeen hundred and ninety two games. Who does that? Like I, I know we got a we got our guy at Ben's Games on Ben is a big collector, but I where would you put seventeen hundred games like together? That's insane. Yeah, it'd be an impressive collection for sure. Um, and there were, I mean, you know, of course there's there's a ton of them that I never even knew about um, going through this library, which is kind of a cool side effect of of doing all this research. Like I keep learning, every, you know, things every single time I look through these libraries. Like, oh, I didn't know that was a game. I think we I need, need to tell game. Ben too. By the way, if he gets all seventeen hundred, we have to get him like a PlayStation Two hype. So when he has to have conversations with people, he like lights it up and it makes the the intro sound of the PS Two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he probably already has one. To be honest, I that think the only one I'll ever much. have after three D Tetris will be will be a virtual boy set. I think that's the, mm-hmm. the closest to a complete set I'll ever have. I mean, I have a lot of Nintendo, don't get me wrong, but like trying to chase the holy rollers at the end of that, um, there's no way. No, nah, I mean, I, yeah, I seriously. It's, it's um it's I've I've got mad respect for anyone who does that, but uh, I cry for your wallet and your your wallet's probably crying for you. Um, but also it's it's also too like most of them are like shovelware games anyway mm-hmm. or games you don't even like so like why would you do that like i don't oh get yeah it. dude yeah i mean especially on the wii and the uh, nintendo ds anything with a really big install base has a whole lot of shovelware um so you know you run into like uh oh gosh let me just open up a, a section of this nintendo ds thing it was like my it starts with my your pets were my pets Let's see, oh yeah, okay. You have Imagine Animal Doctor, Imagine Artist, Imagine Babies, Babysitters, Babies Fashion, Ballet Star, Boutique Owner, Cheerleader, Detect. I mean, it goes on and on. It's crazy. It's yeah, insane. In there. Yeah, it's yeah. It, like I told you, like with the with the Nintendo dogs, they use that. A lot of the parents were using it to teach their kids how to properly handle a puppy, having responsibility and stuff. It's kind of yeah. like, my joke is like Tamagotchi. You know, what I mean, we had as kids in the nineties. You know, I would kill mine. I'm just going to let you guys know. I am oh. I'm a terrible parent. <laughs> so, so on that same subject, it's actually funny. We didn't get it over here, but there's a game in uh, Europe. Um, it's like, uh, it, it's about handling venomous snakes. So, yeah. So, like, is, is that like a precursor to you owning a venomous snake? Is that what the point of that is? Like, <laughs> what? It's it's not a weird something like you know people like probably like put money behind it and they're just trying to sell it like dude listen I know you guys like snakes and I'm gonna make a game based on snakes you know yeah and it's and it might not make it it's it's crazy to wrap my head around you know because like you know I'm going through this list and it took me four days to compile a list of 1792 games but how long how many man hours is that to actually make that many games I mean you have like all these people actually making the shovelware which is just it it blows my mind like people actually I, sat down at an office at a computer and made these games here's my thing too like there should be an official person not only a historian for these game companies but like a person that's basically tracking all these things to put it online 
so you know exactly how many you're supposed to have. This is the official list from our company, like say like Nintendo. This is our official list from Nintendo. What games we have, even if they're like download or whatever, you know. What I mean? Well, you, you yeah, have that list. But but then you know they're all about money, so it's just like fire and forget. They don't care after it's out. They don't care. They're only hurting themselves though, because that's your history, you know. Like yeah. you can, they can literally open their own museum if they wanted to. Like to be mm -hmm. honest with it, and have a curator in there doing these things. But I mean, that's that's what's so important about the the video game history foundation, um, which uh, you know, full full honesty, I, I wish I was a part of, and I should be a part of it, um, as much research and, and care as I put into this. But you know, they have their own team and and whatever. They they're awesome. Um, but I would love to be a part of what they're doing because they that's, that's kind of what they're doing. They should use your books. Have them as guides on top of the, where the consoles are and, and show yeah. them off. Mm. You guys out there, if you if you hear this, you should definitely hook this guy up over here. Yeah. But uh, it'd just be fun to work with them. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I haven't been there, but I want I want to go there for sure. It's one of my to do lists for sure. Mm -hmm. Once I calm the calm the work stuff down, but yeah. Uh, me, I don't know. Like we we're going on a trip Friday. We're going to South Dakota. And by the way, South Dakota, where's your video game stores? How can I go to a new place <laughs> and I can't even hunt? All I hear and there's like national parks and stuff. That's not what I want. I want to stop and hope we find some other things. Thrift store something. There was nothing there. I looked it up and like there's literally like a hundred game stops there. Why is there a hundred game stops in South Dakota? It doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> Cause that's what all they have the to do, shop? Eric. That's all they have to do. But you would think South Dakota would have it. Like it's such a such a quiet, dismal place. They would they would want to play video games. Oh, right you know what the secret is? There's actually there's actually a video game store. Um, but you have to go up George Washington's nostril to get there. I did not know that. Mm -hmm. I'm about to sneak up there and hopefully not die. <laughs> <laughs> It's I don't know it's it's just weird when I go to a place that doesn't have anything like it it's like it's like Bermuda Triangle for me it's like what this is this guy I've been to places like like you lived in Greenville and things mm -hmm. like that and like they they had little game stores and things uh, like that sure um, dude we're I mean we we will say it uh, every, every single time but we are very spoiled here we where are. we are well. We only have two stores left. We used to have about ten. We're down. We've to two. we've got two stores left, but really, there's only one that matters, and and we've got the best shit. Like, my gosh, we're spoiled. Um, Ben's Game Zone uh, is is second to none. Uh, I'm sure there are other places that that are uh, pretty awesome around the country, but um, it, when it comes to the Midwest, uh, boy. Um, he takes care if there's, of everybody, it, though. What's that? He takes care of everybody. He, he basically does. Is, is the king of trades around here. Mm -hmm. And yeah. their, their whole crew is awesome. Uh, I, I love going there on Saturdays and ribbing on people. Like, that's the fun part of it. And, like, just seeing stuff I've never seen before. He helped me find that Nintendo thing, which I thought was pretty cool. And other things. There's a He has, and literally he has, I've been waiting for it, is a Blockbuster World Championships poster. The guy, yeah. like the guy, had the guides. Like this Insane. guy came in. He had a he had a a binder, and he literally collected all the stuff from the Blockbuster World Championships. And he took all the posters. He has his itinerary when he was playing his games, what he was eating, and all this type of stuff. And he had like 
the games and all the things like he showed it to me was nuts. I was like, had a heart attack when I saw him. It's just crazy what comes in his store. Yeah. And if you're in Omaha, you should definitely go there and support him. He is amazing. Yeah. Speaking of which, we'll get into our first topic, which is our favorite <clears throat> pickups. Uh, we're going to show off our pickups. A bar's got this sweet new camera for his. Mine's in work, so I'm going to do it old school. <laughs> so uh, take it away, Abara. Yeah, this is season two. We're getting fancy now. Um, we've got, uh, obviously, a new layout here. Um, and, uh, well, here's my uh, second camera. Boom. Um, if you see here, I've got uh, this Dragon Warrior guy. This was actually from Coffin. Coffin got it at Ben's Game Zone, and it gave it to me. I didn't even know about this thing. I'm a huge Dragon Warrior fan. Like, that was the first RPG I was ever, uh, um, like, exposed to. So that's really was, awesome to be it, able to have it this. Was in a Nintendo Power, and what what's crazy about it is, is that it was connected to it. What people don't realize is, is that we didn't know anything about RPGs, and Japan was like, "We got to teach these Americans how to play RPG games." Yeah, and so <laughs> they exactly gave what happens. Free, and then they made guides to teach us how to play it. So mm -hmm. that's like early. Was it like probably mid eighties? Probably early nineties, you know, in that game. Uh, yeah, I, I'd be hard pressed to actually um tell you exactly what date it was. I think it was late eighties. Yeah, because uh, Final Fantasy was late eighties, and Dragon Warrior wasn't that far before that. Which um, is crazy, they didn't do a guide for Final Fantasy, like an actual like, guide like that. Mm -hmm. I think it would have been very, very helpful. When I was a kid, I was confused by it. Well, Dragon Final Fantasy actually had a Nintendo Power uh, guide. Like uh, It was actually a Nintendo Power issue dedicated to it. Really? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Did not know that. Yep, yep. Um, and then also from Ben's Game Zone, uh, Castlevania Symphony of the Night record. Um, I've actually got one of these. This is from Mondo. You can see in the upper left-hand corner there. Um, I've got one open. Uh, I've listened to it and all that good stuff, but I wanted one sealed, and I'm going to put it in a uh, display case and actually like put it up on the wall. Is that is that first or second uh, version? I uh, I think you were saying this is the first print, right? Yeah, if you flip it on the back, it'll tell you that like the date when the the Rondo Blood was coming out on the back side. Yeah, also and... due in 2018. So this is from 2018. Yeah, right. Yeah. So you got first press. What's awesome. cool about Mondo, a lot of people don't know, is uh, they they do certain colors, certain variants. Like my edition was an was an eco friendly one, so it was like made out of recycled bottles and stuff, which I thought hmm. was pretty cool. Uh, and then they the first was like a, like the Rondo Blood, like you have, like they had special red and blue colors. Yeah. And at the time when Mondo first came out, they would only do like a limited amount of those, so you might have a rarity in there with the with the whatever color base you get too. We'll never know because <laughs> it's staying sealed. That's fine. Yep. Um, and then over here from uh, our friend Ryan, who we had on the podcast last week, um, I bought some stickers, and he actually gave gave me some stickers as well um, from uh, his pixel art uh, business, and That's also fun. from the Metroid database, which is just amazing. Such awesome, awesome pick uh, like stickers. Can't wait to put these on stuff. And he gave me some Marvel things. So there's Doctor Strange right there. Ah. You know I love my Doctor Strange. You sure do. All right. And then uh, just today I got in the mail ESP Galuda 2. What is Which that? is a uh, bullet hell shooter. Oh, uh, it, does, it looked like a, I thought it was an RPG. <laughs> nope, bullet hell shooter. And then... Uh, 
Pipe Dream Games. Every once in a while, he'll make a uh, a new Saturn game, and this one yep. is uh, English translation of Sakura Wars uh, for Saturn. Is. His is stuff that? is amazing quality. So this is two discs. Um, he didn't have any more cases, but I have plenty of cases to go around, so he just shipped it to me without a case, and I just put it in a case today. So what is that game? Um, it's like a strategy RPG. Yeah, it's like a grid-based strategy RPG. Oh, like uh, the Final Fantasy Tactics? Yeah. I mean, that's that's the combat anyway. Um, and the rest of it's kind of like walking around like an RPG, I think. Uh, don't don't roast I've me in the comments. I, I haven't played it, but that's what it looks like anyway. That's cool. Yeah. It looks cool. I like the, I like the art in the front. I thought. I oh, thought man, it's I gorgeous. He does an amazing job. Like, oh, man. Yeah. yeah, he's like the other guy, like Project Retro, which is really good. Uh, well, uh, this guy, uh, I think his name is Chris Piper, but he okay. goes uh, his his uh, company is Pipe Dream Games, or that's that's his like little side hustle. Um, he actually reached out to me because I I did a run of Police Knots on uh, Sega Saturn, and he did one as well, but um, he knew that I had already done a manual for it. So he reached out to me, asked me if I would do, uh, or if he could use my manual, which I have no problem with him doing. So, uh, whenever he does his release, it'll have my manual. Which is crazy, which you guys don't realize was before Bar started like premium edition games and all that stuff. He used to make these really, really cool, uh, like Saturn games and things mm -hmm. like that. And uh, his Castlevania ones also was pretty funny when I put it on my Poly Mega and it downloaded your D your your translation <laughs> on it, which was hilarious. But he makes like really premium stuff, and his attention to detail is nuts on on his releases. I actually uh, have one sitting right here. It's a uh, Retro Game Challenge Two. Yeah, that um, one's awesome. Yeah, so we uh, we made fifty copies of this, and they you know sold really fast. But um, it's actually on a Nintendo DS cart. Um, I hired a Japanese translator <laughs> to translate this that. manual, and then I I used Photoshop and just meticulously changed everything. So it's actually an English manual with uh, with a cart that plays on Nintendo DS and DS lights. That's awesome. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, really, really cool stuff. Any more anyway, What you got? Uh, so you know how you know certain Marvel characters I like. I know we were playing. You had a, a card set, and so I grabbed a few out of your card set. Uh, I'm a big Spider-Man 2099. A lot of people don't like it, but now, right now, because of the multiverse uh, mm -hmm. Spider-Man that came out, uh, everyone's all in on them now. So. I'm glad he's getting the coup that he got because back in the day, no one paid attention to that. So they have X-Men 99 and all these things. And what's cool about him is that he was like a vampire as well. So, like, he was dealing with that as well, which I thought was pretty interesting. Uh, of course, you know, my boy Logan, uh, you know, turning into Weapon X, which is a freaking awesome. Yeah. And then one of my favorite... My favorite episodes on of, of X Men, uh, the animated series in the nineties, is the is the the Sentinels one, the very first episodes, and uh, this reminded me of that, and so I got that one too. Nice. It's really cool. I like the the coolest scene in that whole animated series is they show Wolverine in the dark, and he has like his claws out, and then it goes pitch black, and then when the Sentinels shoot a laser, it like flashes on the screen and shows him like running around, just tearing people apart. Really, really cool stuff. 
Uh, this, this these these couple I had to, I had to thank you for. These are all basically your uh, SIFTA requirements. <laughs> he upgraded his Castlevania, and when we went to a store, and so he brought it home, and then realized that he already had the box, so mm-hmm. he passed along to me. And that's a uh, Castlevania Circle of the Moon. And I get to thank you last time for this because I put it away, but. Uh, I actually bought this was day one purchase for me when I bought the GBA. Nice. Little did I know, I didn't realize that there was no backlit G, uh, GBA. So I literally sat in my dim. I had to buy a dim lamp on base just to <laughs> play the damn thing. I was oh, so man. mad, and I couldn't play in my my bed. So I literally had to point a, a, this cheesy lamp to my bed, and I was like this out like this holding it. So really cool. Uh, another Castlevania I got in the box, which is I, I definitely appreciate it. And then he knows how much I'm a I'm a contra whore, aka hashtag contra whore. Uh, hmm. He uh, gave me the box and things for the contra collection for LRG. Well, I bought a different version of this, but you're gonna laugh at this because I wanted to show this to you, <laughs> and you're gonna you're gonna crack up. This looks like it's made for this box. Oh, crazy! That, yeah, seriously, a, what the heck? That's, that's a Konami version of the game. Oh, that's funny. They released. So technically, it looks like it came from this box. Yeah. <laughs> Which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> meant and to be. What's cool about these, like, I, I'm not a super uh, big on LRG, but I do like some of the stuff they try to do, like this. Uh, I think this was hilarious. I remember the first time we saw these, and we are like, that is so cool with the idea. So they have like the slip covers, mm-hmm. like the old Nintendo slip covers, and it yeah. came with a poster and a soundtrack. And I won't pull all that out, but uh, I definitely appreciate this. I didn't get this version because at the time uh, we were trying to get ready for a move, so uh, that's pretty awesome. And then the biggest sift item you've ever given me. Uh, this is from Shredder's Revenge. Uh, you cannot get this. Uh, at a store, you can't buy it anywhere else. It, it was exclusively in the collector's edition of this on the PS4 and Switch, and that is uh, the Gray Shredder. And I did a video on this, so I won't go really into detail. But when we were kids, we got this one. Mm-hmm. And when I was a kid, I was like, "Is this a foot soldier? Like, what is this? This is not yeah. like a shredder." I was so confused. Uh-huh. And then LRG and Playmates rectified it by actually making them silver, like the cartoon. Yeah. And they have two different versions. You can see, like, the cloths. They're, they're completely different. But uh, happy to have him for my Shredder collection because I would I would probably never took the one out that I got for mine. Or I would try to find someone else so I can get another one, which would probably be expensive. So you are the man. And then last but not least, uh, the cards that you gave me. Uh, by oh, the yeah. way, at my, my son's birthday party, they were, they were frantic for him. Uh <laughs> Hey, I made I made Sonic gift bags, and it came with like Chaos Emeralds and rings and uh, Hershey Kisses. Uh, this thing that spins looks like Sonic spinning, and it was like a light. And then I threw the cards in there, and all these kids were at this arcade, and they're like, "Literally, it was really cool. It was like a flashback. They were all sitting at a table, and they were all trading with each other different cards." Yeah, nice. Lost your audio. Can you hear me now? Yep. Gotcha. Okay. 
So I'll go back in there. But yeah, they were sitting at the table and they were playing cards and trading with each other. They asked me if the gold ones were rare, which was hilarious. <laughs> and uh, it was a super fun with it, and they really enjoyed it. So I appreciate that with the with your your sifted trades. But that is all. Oh, I got one more pickup. And you know, you know how big Neo ADS is into this game. This is my last two light gun games. I need it. Uh, I also found out something interesting. This one does not have light gun capability. The oh. Saturn version has light gun capability. Oh. This one does. So technically, okay. I still completed it. There is a way to get the gun con to work, and you have to use like you have to download it. You have to have like one that you can do like an SD card on. You go online. You download it because originally they were going to make it a gun con game and then they it's in the CD, but they didn't, you know, they, they basically blocked it. So you can't do it. Yeah. But wow. There's a file that you could download that you could put on this on a, on a memory card and uh, you can unlock it so you can play it with gun con. So, so weird. Yeah. It's super weird. I thought, I thought, it, I, I don't know why I thought it was, it was a light gun like that. So that's, that's part of my corrections from the, uh, the Ben's game zone, but I'm still happy to have both of them. I got the diehard game on the, you know, the, the turbo graphics. So those are all my pickups. Nice. Next topic. Uh, a bar is night of the movies. Uh, he watched they live last week <laughs> And uh, it, it's a it's a John Carpenter Roddy Piper love machine. Yeah, uh, basically the premise of the movie is that this guy uh, finds these glasses and he realizes that basically uh, they're being manipulated by aliens and they're basically like he could see them and he's trying to show everybody what's going on. But I'll let Abara give you the review of the movie. Uh, yeah, and see what you thought of it. So I was always aware of this movie. I, I have no idea who told me about it whenever I was a kid, uh, but I was aware of it, and I was aware that uh, you know the Simpsons, um, Bart versus the Space Mutants, the very first stage is kind of a riff off of They Live because you've got these glasses, and then whenever you put them on, you can see if uh, like people are aliens or not, and then you have to like you know. Yeah kill them or whatever I, I don't know not not necessarily kill them in in the simpsons but that's what he was trying to do in they live um i okay i wish i would have i really need to take notes like every single movie that i watch but i i was enjoying this one a lot um i think roddy rowdy roddy piper his his uh character he was just bored it seems like he was just bored so He's he's bored and he he gets a job at a construction site and then like uh, is just showing off his muscles. <laughs> like, got him. Yeah, hey man, if you've got him, show him whatever. Um, but uh, he he makes fast friends with this other dude and then he takes him to this like uh, uh, homeless encampment that eventually um, he finds out is like a. Uh, kind of a cover for this uh, underground organization that's trying to, like, enlighten people to the fact that these aliens are around. Um, and, and there's this church, like, right next door that's, like, super shady, and, and that's where they're making all these glasses for people to, like, distribute so that they can see the aliens. Because uh, the aliens are um, doing this uh, transmission so that people can't uh, see them. 
Um, so convenient that the uh, that the transmission was right there in the same city that he was in. You know, so weird. Alien. And and these uh, these aliens are all over the globe apparently. <laughs> Where were they? They were in uh, California. Where was it? I don't know, like specifically, but the the funny thing is, is that like, uh, I think he was homeless, and then he was just trying to find money to get something. Yeah. And then uh, they take him to those church people, and then the church people are like that, <laughs> but but the aliens like had all the law. They were like the law basically, and it's like each of the scene like mm-hmm. when they grabbed them all up and everything like that to prevent them from doing it. Yeah. Uh, I want to know what you thought of the uh, the ten minute fight <laughs> scene that went on. I wish you guys hadn't told me about it. Because, uh, I, I, you know, as soon as it started and they were just, like, punching each other and, and doing wrestling moves and stuff. <laughs> I mean, like, it started with him, like, clotheslining the guy. Um, so yeah, it was awesome. But, yeah, it went on forever. And they were just, like, it, it grossed me out because they were in this, like, dirty alley just, like, rolling around in the muck. It was nasty. It was so stupid because, like, every single time they're like, okay, well, now he's down. And then he gets up and the fight just keeps going on and on. My favorite Was that part. his car that he smashed with a 2 by 4 Yeah. 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 <laughs> the, the funniest thing I remember from the fight scene, and I thought you would catch on to it, was uh, Roddy Piper hit him in the nuts and he was like, that's unfair. And then... Not even like two minutes later, he was elbowing him in the balls like yeah, a hundred times, which I thought was hilarious. Yeah, and I was like, I was like, dude, just told me it was unfair, and he comes over and starts racking his nuts over and uh-huh. over again, which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> but I love that's why I love John Carpenter so much because he takes weird premises, and even if it doesn't make sense, it's still an amazing movie. You know, chew, you know. The bubblegum line, the, the yeah. Fucking... Oh, there's so many one-liners, man. Like uh, some of them yeah. I'd never heard before, and it's it's so funny. Uh, there's one character that just bothered me to no end, and it's that stupid female with the like <laughs> two like super blue eyes. Yeah, she was the worst actress ever. She's just so like unconcerned with everything that's going on around her. Oh, I'm getting kidnapped. Uh... Oh, there's like there's literally like twenty people shooting guns, and like she she could not care less to like move with any sort of speed or urgency to get out of there. It's it's it, that's why I say it's so funny is because like I feel like John Carpenter like just takes it, like he has a premise down like a foundation of it mm-hmm. and i think what he does when he does his movies is that he just does stuff on the fly he kind of did the same thing with big trouble in little china <laughs> you know like yeah. a lot of the lines is like that like he, he'll and also he does with his actors he lets them go too to see how they they react to things you know it's just weird premises like escape from la you did that, like that that actually that makes much. a lot of sense you saying that that he lets his actors just go but it it seems like he doesn't really like okay hey that was good he, he probably does that a lot instead of like making him do it all over again whereas it would probably be better on the second take yeah, but like I, I, I think with him too is that he's he's got a vision in his head he also does like the soundtracks for the movie which is even more yeah crazy. I didn't like, know that don't even but... know that <laughs> I was gonna say the the opening track the the I mean it's 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 pretty appropriate I mean like it sounds like oppressive and like you know uh, he's struggling or whatever but man did they get their money's worth with that music it was throughout the whole movie 
Yeah, he loves his his Sith wave for sure. He mm-hmm. loves his like eight, early eighties like techno stuff. It's it's he's yeah. just outstanding, and it's sad the way they did him, man. Because the Big Trouble in China was basically his last big movie. Because the same year they had Aliens come out, and they didn't tell him. So Fox gave him this money to make this movie, and then they basically released it ten days before Aliens, oh. and so like. He got screwed, and then he, started, he hated Hollywood, and he's like, "I'm not doing Hollywood movies again because they don't they don't care about anything." So that sucks for me. I, I mean, he he did come back and make uh, uh, Vampires as well, which mm-hmm. is it's pretty funny. It's got James Woods in it. You know how you've seen James Woods in Family Guy? Yeah, he acts the same way in this movie, which is hilarious. <laughs> telling priests like, "Hey, you, uh, you got a little mahogany under there? You got a little got a little chub?" Like just. <laughs> Effing with priests and stuff, which is hilarious. Ghost <laughs> to Mars. It's oh, it's man. just it's just super funny stuff. All right, sir. Uh we got your next three movies. All right. And we're gonna see what your homework is today. A, B, or C. Uh A popped into my head. <laughs> You're gonna have an evening with Billy Zane. Billy Zane. Demon Knight. Demon Knight. Okay. Tales of the Crypt. <laughs> right. Nice. So the, yeah, the I, uh, so I the recognize the Crypt Keeper there. Yeah. So there is a premise to this movie, okay? We were talking about it earlier. Uh, it's kind of like Highlander, okay? Mm-hmm. They they have different people from time, and they're protecting God's blood and this this key. And so each person that dies has to, has to put their blood in there to keep it alive. It's the only way to fight against the devil. Billy Zane is a bounty hunter for the devil, and he's trying to get the key back so they can take over the world. Okay. And this is Billy Zane's best movie ever. He is so over the top in this. Uh, you're going to love it, for sure. Uh, so I've got a... I, I've got I a, think it's amazing, interesting. I've got a dumb question. It's Tales okay. from the Crypt. So is the Crypt Keeper just like a character that's like kind of a mascot, or is he actually in some of the movies? So he used to introduce. So you remember like the old like uh, horror movie shows where they would have like a guy introduce thing and do silly. Yeah, stuff? I I know. Well, so that's where I recognize that's what, him that's, from. That's what he does. He, so HBO had a crypt, uh, Tales of the Crypt. They would do like yeah. horror shows, like horror, little mini mini episodes. So it'd be like an hour long each one, and then he would be in the middle of making jokes about it. You okay. Know, like, so he's not stuff. actually part of any of the movies. It's just he's oh, like no, he's, he's in he's in this movie like oh it is tales of the crypt they made two movies it's a uh, demon knight and then bordello blood because mm-hmm. they started doing like full range movies uh will smith's wife jada pinkett's in it oh god this one as well uh and then uh a lot of good actors and stuff like that are in it too and that's is chris rock cool in about it? that probably <laughs> he's probably somewhere in there getting slapped <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I didn't tell you the director's cut. It was actually they switched out, they switched out uh, the Billy Zane with Will Smith, and then Chris Rock Uh-oh. was the guy that had the tattoos, and then he slapped the and, blood. Right and right uh, Chris Rock is actually the uh, the crypt keeper. <laughs> he better hope he's a crypt keeper. Better not hope he's the hero. He's gonna get slapped. <laughs> but you'll, but Billy Zane like is just absolutely completely over the top. You'll love it a lot. It's a, it's pretty, it's pretty good. Uh, awesome. You'll laugh. There's there's some there's some very inappropriate characters in the movie. I'm just gonna let you know there are some inappropriate stuff in there. So, uh, so you're, you're saying watch it with wife. Natalie. Natalie, if Natalie likes boobs and people hooking up stuff to their nipples, <laughs> then absolutely. Okay. <laughs> just saying. 
Uh, but yeah, we'll ask you for your review next week. Uh, I can't wait for you to meet Uncle Willie as well. So nice. <laughs> so next uh, topic that we're going to talk about is uh, best video game <laughs> reference books. And what we mean by that is like books that we enjoy. Uh, you, it could be like you know a guide. It can be like you know certain uh, you know certain genre of games. Uh, there's so many great books out there that people don't really notice. Uh, like your boy uh, Jeffrey Wellington, uh, he or uh, Widhagen, excuse me. Yeah. He uh, he makes books that are amazing. Uh, you're making console books, so I thought this would be good since your Kickstarter's over that we discuss a couple of books maybe people don't know about that maybe yeah. they should pick up and enjoy the like video games. So go ahead. Okay, well, I'm going to start off the segment by being a shameless shill. Shill. <laughs> I, I'm so well, but I'm. Uh, I'm start. I'm I'm concentrating on just console books, um, you know. I, so I I have to talk about my own. I'm in a console book, um, but uh, yeah. So I've got the video game console collector's field guide by yours truly. But now, <laughs> do I hear applause or something? What is that? <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> But uh, this is one book that I never heard of, even in all of my research doing consoles, and I can't believe that I haven't heard of this. Um, there's several in the, the series, but it's called Phoenix. And this is Phoenix 4. So this is a console reference book, too. I had really? no idea this even existed. Um, this is by like Leonard Herman. What's that? It looks like a D&D book. Like, if I walk yeah, it kind of does. It, like, yeah, the artwork kind of looks like D&D, for sure. Or like one of the comic novels. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's it's kind of riffing off of the fact that uh, video game consoles and the video game industry rose like a phoenix from the flame, from the ashes um, after the 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 crash, uh, the video game crash of 1983. So, like a phoenix rose from the ashes and, and it is the industry that it is today. Um, but uh, he... Goes by like era, and he's got a whole. I mean, it's very, very text heavy. Um, it's not like my book, um, where I don't know. I've I've kind of cross referenced now that I know this exists. I've I've tried to see like if he has the amount of stuff that I have in there, and he's got a lot of there. He doesn't have a lot of consoles that I have in my book. That's not disparaging, you know, whatever. I'm just pointing out facts. Um, but he has a lot more information in his book that's not in my book. So um, I would definitely recommend, if you have my book, to also get his um, as a reference. It's uh, it's a very good reference, and it's a good read. That's awesome. It's very interesting. So I'll show my first one. Uh, this is uh, a book you, you have and I have, uh, Bitmap Books. Yeah. And this one, for example, is the NES one and Famicom. Mm -hmm. And what's so cool about this book, I'm not a big reader, okay? I'm just going to be honest with it. But what I love that they do to pull you in is these beautiful <clears throat> illustrations and colors and things like that in the book. Yeah. They also do, like, they also do like pull out posters and things like that. One of my favorites is uh, this one. And this Batman one is just looks so cool. And I even yeah, know about really this cool. game until I read this book, and then I had to go out and find it, <laughs> The Return of the Joker. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just kind of like a visual book. They do like a little bit of like cutscenes and things like that. But it's mostly like kind of like a, just like uh, like a, you know a table book that people can just pick up and, and just check out. Yeah. And uh, I did the Kickstarter for this one, and uh, they send like a lot of cool stuff with it too. So like you even got the the front prints of some of the the, the box art, mm-hmm. and they talk about RPGs and they break them down by each one. Like, like that's that's awesome. Like I I always love that level in Red Racer. That was glow in the dark. I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah. But uh, the only thing it's the sucks about it is that they're overseas, so it does cost money to import them in. But they've done like Master System and Super Nintendo. I bought the Super Nintendo one too, uh, and uh, it's definitely well worth uh, the price of entry just to have something you can just sit on your coffee table and check out. Cool. Go ahead. I've got one final book, um, and it's also a console book. But uh, I shout this guy out all the time because um, he was awesome enough to. Uh, if you go on Wikipedia and look up any game console. Um, odds are that you're going to see this guy's photography. Um, it's beautiful, beautiful photography that he's done for every console. His name is Evan Amos, and oh, he's actually know. he's actually made uh, a book of his own. It's called The Game Console, and there's actually two different versions. There's the original version, and now he's got 2.0. Um, cool. Yeah, so um, it's very image-heavy as, as opposed to Phoenix, which is very text-heavy. Um, but it's got beautiful pictures of everything. Just, you know, it's all his f- photography. And it, it breaks down each console. So he'll actually, like, take apart things. Like this uh, Xbox controller. And That's show you the, the guts of, like, everything. I mean, down to, like, consoles, too. So it's it's a beautiful, beautiful book. Um, gorgeous read. Uh, there's nothing like it. Um, this guy is is kind enough to take these pictures... And put put them in the public domain for other people like me to use in their uh, works. So um, I, I give Evan Amos all the credit in the world. He deserves it. He's an awesome guy, and um, what what a great thing for preservation. Um, yeah, definitely go check out and pick up the game console. I think also with him too. You know how you see like a lot of the frames now with like broken consoles where they're broken apart and they show all the parts and stuff. Mm-hmm. I feel like he's the founder of that. Like where people got this inspiration of making those frames and everything of, of certain sure. consoles and stuff. Yeah. His stuff is like very high quality. Like I, his pictures. Yeah, are it's it's gorgeous. I, it's I'm, gorgeous. I'm mad I missed out on that book when it came out. Uh, I didn't know anything about it. I saw I had a friend that had that book and I was like, man, that is that is super clean. I want to say it's on Amazon. I think you can pick it up on Amazon now, yeah. Might have to grab it. So, I'm not going to be a shield of Nintendo, I'm sorry, but I thought this was very interesting when they they decided (coughs) during the NES Mini and the Super Nintendo Mini that they would get a book and go back in time, and that's the uh, Playing With Power uh, NES Classics. And what people don't realize is is they're kind of like Nintendo Powers, basically. Uh What's cool, they got the cool art on the outside, just kind of like your boy there. This is mm-hmm. more black and white. But what's great is is that the it's kind of like a, a whole guide of all their Nintendo Power stuff that they had when they were doing covers for certain games. And so they did all the games that are on the, the actual mini. Yeah. And they show like cool like art that they use for the Nintendo Power. And I, I'm a big Nintendo Power nut. And you know, That's they awesome. did like Miyamoto conversations and stuff like that about like the designs of his games and things like that, which I thought was pretty cool. 
and it comes in a in a in a yeah, uh, yeah. case, which is great. And then mm. I'll show you the Super Nintendo one. And uh, the first, it was bad because when we were buying those books, you know, uh, you know, we bought the minis. I had to buy the books. I'm like, ah, they're kidding me again. Yeah, no. But uh, one, two this punch. one, this one's a Super Nintendo book, and they made it just like the Super Nintendo cart. And uh, oh, better take that digital portion out. I might give that to you. But uh, like that was like an original design that they were gonna do for the the Super Nintendo when it first came out. That's cool. That Mario print right there. But what I like about it, like same thing here, they just do little little feeds on like Metroid and the history of it. Mm-hmm. Instead of like doing the Nintendo Power one, like the first one, they did interviews with each person that actually worked on the games and wow. some of the clip arts and stuff like that. Like I, I love this cheesy ass beaver. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Donkey Kong Country. And uh, I like literally sat there and read like, oh yeah, this one's hilarious too. Look at all these people dressed up as Kirby on the the release of uh, the Kirby for the Super Nintendo. Oh my gosh! And they're all like chewing pink gum and everything, which is hilarious. Hilarious. And it's just really cool that they that they, you know, I think Nintendo could do these great freaking novels of stuff that they're doing. You know, they just don't they just don't back it up. And it was cool no. that they finally did like two books. They also did a Zelda book too. Like it was a gold Zelda cart, and it's huge. It's like this big, yeah. and uh, that one's pretty interesting too. But uh, d- if you find them, they're they're relatively cheap. I don't think they're super expensive, but uh, mm-hmm. they're amazing books if you're a big Nintendo fanboy like uh, me and Abara here. Yeah. Um, just to wrap up, uh, my my portion anyway. Uh, just going back to the game console 2.0. Yeah, right now if you go on Amazon, it's uh, twenty seven dollars. Oh, I'm gonna pick one up as soon as I get done with this podcast. Yep, it's on sale. Go out there and buy it. Support him, please. Mm-hmm. Don't buy all of them. I can get one. <laughs> <laughs> all right, next topic. Uh. Curating a home arcade. So me and Abara have had this crazy history with getting arcades. And then there's another company out there called Arcade One Up that kind of blew our minds, uh, giving us a dream of having room for arcades, (laughs) if you will. Mm -hmm. And we wanted just to talk about, you know, our journeys with finding uh, arcades and some of the things that you can currently do now to have that arcade feel at your house. Yeah. So this guy over here has me super jealous. He has a, a candy cab. If you know what that is, it's the coolest arcade cab ever. So Abara, tell us about your arcades. Uh, tell me about your journey with arcades. Uh, some maybe memories of arcades that you had too. And then yeah, of um, course. Maybe um, a little bit on arcade up. Yeah. So uh, I, I guess I'll begin with um, you know I I was the kid that was uh, we grew up poor uh, just like just like Eric, kind of, you know, like, uh, we were, uh, you know, we, we didn't have all the disposable income in the world. So, uh, I spent most of the time in the arcade watching other people play games because I hardly ever had quarters to my name to spend. Um, it was a lot of fun, especially growing up in the eighties and nineties in the heyday of arcades. And, um, Oh my gosh, I remember whenever street fighter two championship edition came out and, uh, people were just like huddled around like, you know, the cabinet and they actually had like a TV monitor, like, uh, above it so that people could see what was going on. 
Um, and then, of course, Mortal Kombat coming out and uh, Killer Instinct coming out. Now, I, Killer Instinct was one that always resonated with me because it was just so in-your-face and loud and flashy and just, oh, it was so 90s, man. It, it was just like that attitude, that 90s attitude. That's Killer Instinct encapsulates that attitude and that feeling of going to the arcades because it was just so loud and in your face. Um, and anyway, fast forward to whenever we, you know, got a job and, and whatever. Like, arcades have always been out of reach for people uh, growing up. Like, in, in the 80s and 90s, there were thousands of dollars. And back then, adjusted for inflation, that's way, way a lot of money. Like, way out of reach. Um, but then, uh, whenever arcades died off... Uh, and then, you know, these arcade cabinets had to go somewhere, then that's when people could actually start getting them, and, and they weren't worth as much, especially whenever the technology at home and the home consoles caught up to the arcades, then that, uh, you know, the appeal of going, going to the arcades, that's kind of why it died in the first place, because people could just stay at home and have that same experience, sadly. Um, whenever we joined the Air Force, um, it, it really wasn't a good time for us to have any sort of arcade cabinets because we were moving around a lot. We knew that we were going to be moving. Um, I had like a MAME arcade cabinet for a while, and that thing didn't survive, you know, all the moves, uh, unfortunately. But uh, it wasn't until I actually like got out of the Air Force and, and got into this house that I I purchased uh, something that I had wanted for a long time, and my first arcade, real arcade cabinet or whatever, was a um, Starship Troopers pinball machine, which, uh, dude, I was so excited to get. Um, I remember, like, uh, whenever I was stationed at Offit in, like, 12, 2012, uh, someone had one on Craigslist for, like, $1,200, but I knew I was about to get orders, so couldn't get it um yeah fast forward to like whenever i got here and it was just serendipitous that there was one available like right in my same city so that was awesome what was your first arcade cabinet that you picked up uh so uh, <coughs> i was i was hunting for the play choice 10 forever mm -hmm. there was there's two cabinets i've been trying to target one is definitely out of reach now and that was a donkey kong cabinet and a play choice cabinet. Mm. The goal was is like you. I was very poor. I do have a funny story though, and ahead of this too. So my son's birthday was this weekend, and I decided to take him to a place called Papico Fun Park. And <laughs> it's it's literally like it just like you just stepped out, stepped in the eighties again, eighties and nineties. It has <laughs> awesome. go parts. It has laser tag. <clears throat> it has arcade machines. It has like all the stuff that we had as kids, and it was kind of like a throwback. I took sixty dollars. Me and my my wife like pulled sixty dollars out because they knew they want to have quarters for the kids, and you know how it is like Chuck E. Cheese. What's the hustle? What's the one thing hustles for quarters in there? Tickets. <laughs> and boy, did I learn a valuable lesson. That sixty dollars <laughs> did not last longer than ten. Nah, minutes. dude. Everyone was like, "Can I have a quarter? Can I have a quarter? Can I have a quarter? Hey, you got a quarter? I, 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 Leland's dad, I need a quarter." And it was like that all day. And I'm literally, my, my wife made me like the pit boss of them. I was basically handing out little quarters of crack to everybody. You should have had that, that uh, change belt. I should have. 
Yeah, for real. It's like I felt like I was handing, I was I was basically had a bunch of like, <laughs> crackheads running around like trying to uh, do the machines. And it was a cool throwback because I was the same way as a kid. I wish I had those quarters and things like that for them. So it's kind of straight, cool man. I give my my kids that. But the first one I got was a Play Choice Ten. You were part of this this shenanigans. I found mm-hmm. one on Craigslist. The guy wanted two hundred dollars for it. He recapped the monitors, and we made a deal at one seventy five. And then I was going to pick it up. The day I got the U-Haul, he said, "Well, someone." Uh, wrote me for it and he gave me a higher price and you mm-hmm. either pay the higher price or you don't get it so i was like well kick rocks then i was pretty pissed my my wife got the brunt of it i was like i've been so i had all these scenarios where i was about to pick it up and then something would happen and i would get screwed out of it and i i was just, i was just had enough and i just got hot and i felt bad for it. i was like these mother effers keep messing with me this unicorn keeps flying away when i see it i'm tired of it and then like what it was like two weeks later he called me and was like, mm-hmm. uh, you still want the deal? And I was like, nah, you bring it over to my house at 175. And sure enough, we were in the garage and it came over yeah. and I couldn't believe I had it. Like, that's the crazy portion of it. Like, I never thought I would own a play choice. And the other one, which is the countertop, that yeah. one was a whole funny story. I went to Worlds of Fun with the family. I'm talking to Scott on Craigslist like six weeks prior. I couldn't believe he held it for me. He's like, we made a deal at like $700. And I said, hey, I'm going to Worlds of Fun on this date. I can meet you at your place after we go to our thing. And uh, like the whole time we were on that trip for roller coasters, the only thing I could think about was like, I'm getting me a countertop. <laughs> getting me a countertop. Don't screw. Yeah. I'd be on the roller coasters and I'd be like, countertop, countertop. And then we went to this dude's place and it was like a, it, it looked like a mall from the 80s. And so what I found out was, uh, they were gonna open franchises there, but the whole po- the the guy who owned it went bankrupt and he bought the land. So everything on that shopping mall was still there that they were in putting into the place. Mm-hmm. And they had a Pizza Hut there, and of course, you know all this weather and craziness. You know how the weather is out here in Midwest. Uh, mm. We went in there. He had he had boxes of the red cups, the old Pizza Hut cups. I was like <laughs> the bumpy know. cups. Yes. Uh, I had a Pizza Hut light. Uh, and, uh, the, uh, there was a, and then, uh, we went to his house for the, the thing. And dude, by the way, this place was sketchy, like super <laughs> sketchy. Like most of it was like really scared. Like we, we, uh, we just, we basically just met him at his house and, mm. uh, they had this dog on a, like a big old chain. And like came full speed at us. And I like, I was like, Oh my God, what am Dang. I getting into? Like, I thought I was gonna get robbed. And I walked in this house. There's literally like uh, wires and stuff hanging out the walls, and like he just has a casual cigarette thing there, and he just has it on this this table, like new in the box. And uh, Melissa wouldn't. I told Melissa, I'm like, you hold the money outside. I'm like, I'm not going in there with money. If I don't come back, you take off. Don't don't, <laughs> don't hesitate to leave. And uh, he, we brought it outside. And the scariest portion, I had the arcade. He had this rug and I slipped on it and oh, I literally damn. like fell down the steps. But I, but I, <laughs> my wife was laughing. I literally landed on my feet like Spider-Man and I had it in my hands. And she was like, that was the craziest, but coolest thing I've ever seen you do. <laughs> Dang. And then we drove it all the way home. And then basically I had to clean it, of course, and all that stuff. But you see how mint it is, you know? Oh like, yeah. That thing is immaculate. 
it's a minty thing, and the guy was really awesome for holding it for me, and he didn't have to do that. Uh, it's kind of cool that he went to like a Pizza Hut and had the, the whole thing there. I wish I would have grabbed the box that was with it because it was the original box, mm. and there was no plays on it. No plays. Sick. So it's like brand spanking new. But that's I love my play choice. That's my like with yours. Like you have like your Starship Troopers. That's what that's the one I want it. And yeah. I got two of them now, which is like the best. Yeah. Well, piggybacking off play choice. Um, so Ben's game zone, which which we talk about a whole lot. Um, he uh, used to have arcade cabinets. He has one now, but he used to have a bunch of arcade cabinets in the back of his store. Um. And at one point, he had a play choice. Uh, and um, what was it, last year? or I, I don't even remember when it was. It's, I think it was, it was probably two years. Yeah, two, two years ago, two because years it was before ago. I left for the, the desert for a year. Yep. Um, but he said that he was going to get rid of it, and I'm like, Ben, hold on to it for me. Like, I'm going to make you a deal. He's like, all right, buddy. So uh, I, I had a... Uh, a retail PlayStation 2 uh, cabinet, like a giant cabinet that he wanted because he's a PlayStation 2 collector. Yeah, big um, I ended up getting this thing on Craigslist down in Texas for 40 bucks. I mean, it's got like all of, like everything that came in that cabinet was still like with it and it was in great shape, light up, uh, light up marquee and everything. Um, so I traded him that and some cash, and uh, now I've got a play choice. Um, I, I had to repair both monitors. I, I hired somebody to come over here and and actually uh, like <laughs> change out every single capacitor. It still needs work. Like the the bottom screen, the one you actually play games on, is dim. Like it needs flywheel. the brightness turned up so- somehow. It's a, it's so a flywheel. It's, yeah, so it, it still needs some work. Um, but it's it's almost there. Um, like I I restored the uh, control panel. That thing was a bitch. Taking off that thing, like all that old glue, we had we to did like so. Yeah, uh, mine was worse. Mine was worse. Um, I actually had to soak that control panel in ethanol Oof, in order to. God. Yeah, <laughs> like but that's all great. It, oh, yeah, I, I was freaking getting a, a high from it. Um, <laughs> But uh, that's all done, uh, and, and now you know I've got the play choice, and then my my Grail. Uh, it wasn't uh, it wasn't the Starship Troopers pinball machine. I'd always wanted one of those, but what I always wanted, like it, you know, like ever since I was a little kid, and it was because my uh, my mom would go grocery shopping at Safeway, and, um, and while she did her grocery shopping and whatever, every once in a while she would give me a quarter, but most of the time she wouldn't. Um, I would go over to where the arcades were. They had versus uh, Super Mario Brothers, but they also had a Neo Geo cabinet. Oh, I love it. I want one so bad. And, and they had Road Blasters. I remember watching the attract mode for Road Blasters all the time, too. <laughs> but uh, they had... Um, it was like King of Fighters and Fatal Fury in uh, in that Neo Geo cab. But I, I would always watch the attract mode. I was just would just sit there and stare at the screens while my mom did grocery shopping. And then once she was done, I would like you know go over and and go home. But uh, the Neo Geo has always been like a part of me because of those trips to Safeway. So when I had an opportunity, now that I'm settled down and not moving anywhere, uh, 
and I've got room in my basement. Um, when I had the opportunity to uh, to buy one and like have one shipped from California, like freighted, um, dude, I couldn't be happier. I love that thing so much. I remember the fun trip of going to go get that thing. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> You've been there for damn oh, near every oh, single every, every single yep. time I've I've uh huh every uh, every arcade cabinet every heavy thing that's come down those stairs you've been a part of it i get oh excited for you because i had the same way like i i mm-hmm. get excited that i get to see it like uh the the it was really funny when we went to go pick it up i was so jealous of you i was like oh look at him he's got a he's got a neo geo cabinet i want one of these <laughs> oh man i love that thing and then i've got a multi-cart one of the terra onion uh eight uh, no mvs pros I was lucky enough, like, I, I bought the uh, arcade cabinet, and uh, it just so happened that they did uh, a final run of those cartridges. Like, at retail, those things are expensive. I, I spent, like, yeah. $700 on it. And now they're worth, like, double that, at least. Because well, the f- they don't make them anymore. By the way, we need to get our we need to get back <laughs> our our, uh, our turf masters rivalry going again. Oh yeah, we haven't played mm-hmm. that in like a while. He, this guy over here, man, <laughs> he always gets me like every time. <laughs> it makes me so mad. Uh, I do these whiffed off shots, and he does the same thing, and he does like perfect green shots, and it just makes me so on mad. The green. On the green. No, no, it's so on the green. Green. On the green. Yeah, it makes me so mad. But uh, one company, you know, like. We were talking about like arcade one up. Originally, mm-hmm. genius idea. Two hundred, three hundred dollars for, you know, like an arcade that would fit in your home. I've yeah, bought that is three of them. That's that's a price point where everyone can have an arcade in their their uh, house. And then, once Teenage Mutant Turtles came out, then they got greedy. And then they charge a bunch of money for T2. Then they charge a bunch of money. They have a new Time Crisis one, which, by the way, pisses me off. And the Killer Instinct one pissed me off. Because they didn't make a regular version. I feel that they should make three versions, okay? A regular edition that's not that expensive. Mm -hmm. A deluxe edition that comes, like, with the arcade and the stool. And yeah. then an ultimate edition where it's just like the arcades. Yeah, just one piece. You can kind uh-huh. of, yeah, you can kind of pick what you want. Uh-huh. They don't do that. They just, now it's like everyone's $700. <laughs> and what people do now is they just wait because some knucklehead's going to be excited and buy it. And then they just yeah. get rid of it. And then you buy it for like half the price. And so yep. everyone waits around for them. And I feel like that's what I did with my NBA Jam. That's what I did with uh, a, a couple other ones because like, I didn't have to pay the full retail price for them. The uh, the the sit down cocktail table I got, I got that for one hundred fifty dollars. It goes retail for five hundred, yeah. and then the NBA Jam was retailed at four hundred dollars with the lights and all that stuff. And I got it for, uh, I think it was like a hundred bucks in Bellevue. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's just sad because I know the licensing it costs some money, and I get that. I understand that. I can understand a little bit, like say, like say three fifty or something like that. I understand that, but the material they make it out of is not great material. No. So like, it's like cardboard, and uh, and like I've had to change out controller pieces for it to make it authentic to arcade, and I just don't understand where a seven forty nine price point for it is. Well, yeah, if if money. if any of you have ever like bought a shelf off, uh, you know, from like IKEA. Or uh, off of Amazon or something like that, and it comes packaged, and it's all like 
together and it's got all the pieces and and you have to assemble it. That's the same thing you do with an arcade one up. Um, and it's the same kind of materials, only with artwork on them. And I also think, too, it's the arcade snobs that caused this issue. Because I think people were complaining, well, it's not, like, authentic, and it doesn't have the mm-hmm. panel sides, and da-da-da-da-da. Because when the first ones came out, they were just black on the sides, and they had a yeah. couple, like, little stickers and stuff. Yeah. Uh, I, I got your final fight for 150 bucks. Yeah. That thing was awesome. And it's 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 great stuff. Like I, I like it. My kids like it. Ninja Turtles down here is very popular. It's just like, but it just frustrates me with their pricing now. And then like changing, alternating games like Blitz. Like why would you destroy the the whole thing about Blitz? Like, yeah, I know that's so weird, man. I don't I don't understand that. And they want the NFL license, and they're like, well, CTE is bad on a video <sighs> game. I understand real life, but it's 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 a make believe game. Yeah, that's the whole reason why you played Blitz was to smack your friend around. That's that's like the whole. Like, point. I mean, I, I, with that same argument, you know, they make a Mortal Kombat, uh, but you can still rip someone's heart out. That's that's bad for you in real life. Correct, and made by the same company. I've had my heart ripped out. I almost died. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I I uh, I I feel both ways are fine. Uh, I know that some people like original hardware and stuff like that, uh, but you just really can't get it sometimes. And it's great that they have a company out there making them like that. Mm-hmm. And then it just got crazy. I want the Neo Geo one, but it's still like six hundred dollars. And I'm like, I'm yeah. not paying for a countertop for six hundred bucks. No, heck no, heck no. no. You can almost buy a real Neo Geo for that price. Correct. And that's the problem with these arcade one ups, like. You know, a time crisis. Yeah, of course it's it's like brand new and and maybe like shinier, but if if you look hard enough, you can find a real one for that price. Here's another thing that's going to make you mad about the time crisis. Two guns, one pedal. What? What? Two guns, one pedal. How does that make sense? I don't know. Okay, interesting. Do you alter, do you alter between each each person put to do it? If that's true, then you're gonna wear that paddle, that that freaking foot pedal out. Yeah, that's weird, man. For sure. So I will wait for it to go relatively cheap, and then I'll swoop in on it and get it. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I, I I mean, it has point blank on there, so I'm pretty excited about that if that's true. Because I never play in the arcade like you have, so yeah, that'll be definitely interesting. I I am like, uh, you know, I, I'm thankful to them for bringing out some some games that would have never seen the light of day, like The Simpsons and uh, Turtles and X-Men is a thing, right, also? They have X-Men, but you don't really see it. They make a lot of those. Yeah. They also but, make Golden Axe, too. Mm-hmm. But, like, a lot of these games that came out in the arcade that never got a home port, they're the that's the only way that you can have it at home now. Yep. Officially. That's crazy. All right, next we're going to go into our retrospectives. First, we're going to go over the games we did last week, and then we got new choices this week. Uh, I had Tetris Plus. Mm-hmm. You, sir, had had your game as well. Uh, would you like to tell us about your uh, your Mega Man X Four? I I got it taken easy on me last week. I I kind of wish that uh, he had chosen one of the shitty Mega Man X's. <laughs> I was I hoping like he X4. would. I was hoping I like he X4. was going to pick one. I gave him yeah, the no. option of any one. 
I know I was I was expecting X7 or X6, uh, but I got X4 chosen for me, which is a game that I've played a lot of, so I was happy to go back and play it. Um, I love the art style; it's so vibrant and uh, and just a it's a pretty game. It's I don't know. There's not a whole lot to say about it except for it's really fun. Like that one's awesome. It's got really awesome music. Um, I love the stages. I hate that one of the stages' names is Air Force, by the way. Did you know that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's Mega Man X4. <laughs> the, uh, I, 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 is that the one with the, the Ghost Zero? I can't think of which one that was. There was Ghost one that Zero. had like a, Oh, I didn't get far enough if it's got Ghost Zero. I don't know which one it is, but there's one that, like, he's like a spirit or something. Like, he's like purple. I can't think of which one it was, but like. I don't remember. Uh. Yeah, the uh, I I like it's 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 an underrated thing because they they actually didn't make a lot of 2D games on the PlayStation like Canola and a few other ones, mm-hmm. so they still had those like those X throwbacks uh, are, are awesome. I I I, have, I get scared of my one on the Saturn because I'm afraid I'm gonna break it. So I, get <laughs> I know, so yeah, but, but that's what I played, I played it on. I played it on Saturn. I played on the Polymega and I'm like I'm good. I because you guys gave me that and I would hate for something bad to happen to that thing. So I don't touch it. Yeah. Uh, I had Tetris Plus, and you're a demon for what you did to me. <laughs> uh, I I already suck at Tetris, but then I suck even further when I'm trying to get this guy all the way to the bottom, and that freaking drill keeps coming. And then instead of him going down, he wants to keep climbing up on random stuff. Like, stop it! Yeah. Stop climbing up there! <laughs> exactly. No! Don't don't do that. Yeah. Like, go yelled, that way. I was yelling at him all on Sunday, and my wife was like, who are you yelling at? And I was like, this stupid professor that won't listen to me. Because mm-hmm. I, I followed the rules, but every time I would put one down, he would walk over and climb up it. I'm like, what are you yeah. doing? Yeah. It's, I got, I did not get past level two. I'm just going to Okay. Be yeah, that's level fine. Two, yeah, four was optimistic. The first one, it was like easy. It was like, I did in 6.8 seconds. And I was like, oh, yeah, eat that, Abara. I'm going to whoop this game. And then we got to level two. And then that stuff changed real quick. I don't like that they just make you seem like you can do it really easy and then just drop this hammer on you because it had like a pyramid yeah. thing. And I was like, how do I do this? Yeah. Uh, the game design is really cool. And I, so I was so into that game <coughs> at one point that. Um, so there's a level creator in that game. <clears throat> yeah, I saw it. I actually made an entire set of eight stages at one point. And the very last stage... Oh, and that freaking... The, the memory card that I had it saved on corrupted. I'm so mad. Because oh, it was awesome. Like, the very last uh, uh, stage that I made actually spelled out die. <laughs> <laughs> it was beatable, but it was really fucking hard. In honor of your memory card. Yeah. Moment of silence. Yes, that's right. Yeah, it had a, it had a lot of good stuff on there. It had my Metal Gear stuff. It had Sweet Code in. It had Symphony of the Night. Um. Yeah, terrible, terrible, it, terrible thing. I've only had one PS One memory card go out of me, and it was only because my friend tripped and dumped sprite on it Ooh. and it had it had my 100 percent tony hawk 2 on there with all the hidden levels and stuff and i was hot wow. hot about it i was like you owe me a new you owe me a new memory card 
but it's I, like I said, it's it's a really fun Tetris game. Like I, mm-hmm. I like it a lot. It was uh it was very interesting. I like the the I like their idea with the drill. Like it it, it gets you all panicky and stuff, it gets you anxiety, <clears throat> which is not good for my old self. But it was it was super fun to to play. I I have it on my Poly Mega. It's like the only Tetris game I have on my Poly Mega right now. So like I really did enjoy it a lot. It's a fun game. It's a really fun game. So next pick for you. For my week, I'm going to give you something different. Uh, and we had this conversation about this, and I don't think you fully got into it. Uh, you probably have this. The Resident Evil Origins Collection. Uh, you're going to play Resident Evil Zero. Oh, no. So oh, Zero, no. if you don't know about Zero, is you have two companions with you that you have to switch between. Uh... And uh, you have to give people stuff and then what's interesting there's no save room where you can drop your stuff off you have to drop it on the floor your mission is to get through the train portion of the game not the okay. rest of it you have to get through the train portion of the game yeah and uh, there is a lot of back and forth with it so uh, I would highly suggest you watch what you who you give stuff to because it can come back to haunt you I did play that game on GameCube so I'm, I have played Zero um, that it was only on GameCube, right? Uh, no, it's 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 a they have an HD. They had it on uh, Wii. Okay. And they had it on this Origins collection, which is the best version of the game right now. I'll have to see if I have that. I'm not sure if I do. I may have to borrow it from you if I don't. If not, you can borrow mine. It's not okay. a big deal. I may I may have or, to. I'll, I'll check after this, but uh, or or we can get one from Ben's too because Ben probably has it too. There you go. It's not really expensive. Yeah, but it does have the best version of RE1 on there. So if you're a big fan of the GameCube RE1, it looks so clean on a PS5. Yep. Uh, okay. What have you chosen for my death, sir? <laughs> we're we're going with the same platform, and uh, I don't think you're going to have this one on your Polymega. So we're going to have to uh, let you borrow this and load it. Okay. Um. Oh, where did it go? Where is it? You might be lucky. Oh, there it is. No, wait. Where'd it go? Yes. Crap. Oh, okay, I found it. Just kidding, guys. Uh, same platform as before. No one's been able to stop this guy. Uh, this game came out in uh, 1998. No one's been able to stop him yet. Let's see if Eric here can stop Mr. Domino. Oh, no. No one can stop Mr. Domino. Oh, Mr. Domino. That's... Uh... <laughs> Uh, I just want I you to play it for. That game too. I just want you to play it for twenty minutes. That's your objective. Fine. I can do that. Dibs. Without cursing. Uh, I don't know if I can promise that. <laughs> <laughs> I was cussing at your Tetris one. Yeah. No one can stop Mr. I, Domino. Is, have you ever done this before with a friend or with a wife or like that? Like you tell her how unfair it is, and she has no clue what the hell you're talking about. Mm-hmm. I do that all the time with her, and I feel so bad. I'm like, this damn game, look at this. Who puts a drill up here? What is this? What is? This? Who, who thinks of these stupid things? The the last time that happened to me, I was uh, playtesting because uh, it was one of the manuals that I was making, but it was a game that we Premium Edition is putting out called Wife Quest. Uh, the game is really simple, but when you get to the, the bosses, holy fuck, man. The, the balance uh, that they put into that game, like, you can barely beat those bosses. Like, it's it's a Mega Man-esque fight where it's, like, 
patterns. But yeah, dude, you can't mess up. That's I barely survived like every single one of those fights. And the reason why I did zero for you is that there is actually a D-Mate coming out uh, very oh, soon boy. that you guys should play on PlayStation. So Man. I thought when I was watching, I watched it. So I was watching it while I was doing my work today. I just kind of threw it on sideways. And I was like, actually, it's pretty interesting, you know, the way they did it. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to. I, I, like that, I think that's the game I want to pick. Because a lot of people, this is what I have an issue with it, too. It's By the way, it's not a great game, but it's a it's a decent Resident Evil game. And I wish I wish they would have done it like Resident Evil 4, where they have like <laughs> Ashley, where you kind of mm-hmm. can switch between characters like that and keep them with you and stuff like that. Yeah. I'm fine with them dropping stuff on the floor. That would be an interesting gameplay mechanic. But... I just think they they had too much on their play at the time. They had four, they had the RE1 coming out, and then they've been working on zero since the N64. Yeah, and I think it just got kind of pushed aside because the, the story doesn't make any sense to the Resident Evil lore. By the way, either it doesn't connect. Any, uh, it's like okay, Rebecca was in that house in RE1, right? So, so they randomly crash, and then they're looking for a guy that like wasn't even part of the mission. Like they weren't even there to do that. And I'm like, wow. they could have done so much cool stuff, like in the forest, <clears throat> them trying to find the mansion. Like that's what the game should have been, and they just effed it up. It's it's so bad. They have like a singing leech guy, and you know, <laughs> you know how it goes. It's like what? Yeah, the hell? can't wait, can't wait. It's been uh, probably 15 years since I played that game, if not more. All right. Last but not least, corrections. Do we have any corrections from last week? I have one correction from last week. Um, it, I, I said that nin- Nintendo is going to make a game, a Metroid game, unnamed Metroid game, where uh, you play through it and you think you're Samus the whole time, but then it, you you know you take off the armor and it's actually Simon Belmont. It's actually not Simon Belmont. It's going to be Solid Snake. Ooh, twist! Big yep. twist. It's, what it's, if Solid it's, Snake? But then Solid Snake takes off his mask and it's. Hideo Kojima. Or, let me throw this scenario out. Final boss fight is, uh, what is his name? The, the dude with the gas mask. Uh, oh, Psychomantis. Psychomantis, right? Has all these uh-huh. powers, fights with Dracula. You take him down, you pull the mask off, and it's Big Boss the entire time. <laughs> yeah. Big Boss is Psychomantis. Mm hmm. That would be an also twist. Like Psycho Mass working with Dracula, that'd be you have like hallusions and all kinds of things, hallucinations and all kinds of crazy Konami stuff. Konami needs to okay, let me let me step on my Konami soapbox once a, you know, since I haven't this episode. Konami has so many freaking awesome IPs that they could do something with. Can you imagine a mashup between their their like Metal Gear, Castlevania, uh Metal Gear, Castlevania. I'm just kidding. <laughs> That'd be awesome, though. Those two together. Me- Metal Mania. Metal. <laughs> yes. Metalvania. Metalvania. <laughs> it's just like I don't know. Like uh, Konami's mindset is that we're gonna buy stuff anyway. Look, I bought the damn cards from Metal Gear Solid. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. They know that their 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 promotional stuff, like their T-shirt. Like, dude, they just went Castlevania crazy on their website. I thought you would probably be on there buying everything. <laughs> <laughs> Konami makes me mad, so they aren't getting my money currently. And uh, it's just, uh, I just, 
I I think they should be like this. They should just be the business, and then they give developers the rights to do their stuff to build yeah. it for them. Get Kogarachi the freaking. Uh, I'm sorry, my my horrible talking, but like he should do. He could do this stuff. Like, hey, listen, you take Castlevania. All right, you know, Hideo Kojima, go do your Metal Gear stuff, and mm-hmm. we'll meet back in the middle. Yeah, and they'll make money off of it. And you know they get the money up front anyway, so it's not like a big deal or anything like that. It's just Konami's just just lost their way. It's sad. I love all their yes. games from the NES sad. era too. Yep. We're not gonna lie on a sad note, but uh, thank you guys for uh, hanging out with us for season one. Uh, that it's pretty awesome. Season two is gonna be pretty epic. We also have a cool intro in the mindsets for season three. Which, uh, by the way, <laughs> yeah, I we're already a, thinking about season three. I gave a taste to Zach, and he said uh, he literally died on the floor laughing about it. So uh, I think we're going in the right direction. Awesome. But uh, I appreciate you guys watching the show. Last week's show was the highest rated show we've had. So thanks to the nudge from Ryan for uh, Heck hooking yeah. us up with, with some new viewers. Uh, you can follow me on GI Gamer nineteen eighty one on Instagram. Uh, Already got anything you like to plug? Yeah, if you want to follow me, uh, the stuff that I uh, actually upload for my book and stuff like that is on Facebook under the Video Game Collector's Field Guide. It's a great book, and his Kickstarter just finished. He conquered yeah. what he wanted to do. Now, if you want it, you're going to have to be like Mr. Krabs. You're going to have to pay some money on premium. Edition you're going to have to now. wait. You should have. You right. should have got in on the on the bottom floor. Man. Now you gotta wait. Yep. Also, one last thing I have to ask you. <laughs> this is really funny. Last question to leave you on. Are you gonna buy the glow in the dark analog pocket? <laughs> uh, this is Did the first time I'm learning of the glow in the dark analog pocket. September first, they're doing a glow in the dark analog pocket. I yeah, feel I'm like good. they came to my house and they that makes me so mad. It makes me so mad right now. <laughs> it makes me so mad. Uh, I am the Glow-in-the-Dark guy, and I'm like, I'm not buying another one, but damn it. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. It's a bright green. It holds. It has a light inside to make sure it glows for eight hours straight. I, I can't think of another console that's ever been glow-in-the-dark. I don't think that's ever been done before. No. No. And I am absolutely jealous. You should go look at it after you're done here. But yeah. Listen, if anyone wants to trade for mine for a long dark <laughs> one, holler at your boy. Because I, I will yeah. definitely I'll I'll put some extra money on top oh, of it too. I, I just don't want I I'll even uh I'll even open it for you if you like. Nudge nudge, wink smile nod. Yeah. Legally of course. Legally of course. But thank you, guys. Uh, We'll see you uh, next week for episode two of season two. Two, two, Two-two-two. Be a good time. Two-two-two. Later. Remember. Later. Collect. Open to play your games. COP. Be a cop. Open your stuff. (laughs) Don't treat it like it's a stock. Have a good evening. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.